Welcome to Truth Revealed Ministries, the weekly broadcast from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church in Middletown, New York, with Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised, infallible, and impregnable Word of the Living God. Our prayer is that today's message draws you closer in your walk with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Pastor Albert. Sunday message is going to be entitled, Behold, I Make All Things New. Glory to God. How many know that our Lord, His transcendent glory is able to renew any life? Hallelujah. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to start at verses 50, and we're going through verse 54. When you have it, say, Jesus is alive. alive. Amen. Praise God. Beginning at verse number 50, and the word of the Lord says, And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked, and the rocks were split And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Hallelujah. Don't miss that one. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So when the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and the things that had happened, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to read one more verse this morning from Revelations 21.5. And the word says, Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, write, for these words are true and faithful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You may take your seats this morning. Last week on Palm Sunday, I had given a little bit of a directive. I'm going to do the same thing this morning because, you know, typically holiday sermons are the, the, the most difficult sermons sometimes to deliver. Because we've all heard the message before. But this morning, hallelujah, I believe God has something new. How many know God is progressive and he always has a new word? And you can hear the same portion of scripture a hundred times and you'll get a hundred different meanings from it. So this morning, turn to your neighbor and say, I came to hear the word of the Lord today. Turn to your neighbor on the other side and say, I came to learn something new today. And now look again to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know that I know that I know that God has something good for you today. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Now that we got that out of the way, hallelujah, let's go into the word. Last week we talked about the Palm Sunday experience, the triumphant entry where Jesus entered into the city of Jerusalem. We know and we understand that Jesus knew in a few short days right after he entered into the city that he would be put to death. Hallelujah. We also know that they would reject him. They would put him on a cross. And Jesus said in John 12, 27 and in John 18, 37, for this very reason, I came into the earth. Let me tell you, at no time, uh, despite what you see on the movies now in Hollywood, at no time did Jesus have to figure out his mission. He knew why he was here. He knew why he came. I bind that, 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 that Joel Osteen produced movie. Hallelujah. It got me so upset when, when he said that Jesus had to go under the discipleship of John the Baptist for almost three years to discover who he was. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus knew who he was when he was in his mother's womb. Hallelujah. He was full of the spirit of God at the minute he was conceived. Hallelujah. He knew his assignment. So don't get it twisted. Our Lord knew everything that was going to go on. And he didn't need no help from nobody. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen in the house? Jesus had to be lifted up. He was lifted up on the cross to die in your stead. It was the only way to take the power over death and to, to raise himself up in the resurrection. John 12, 32, he said, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. Glory to God. He entered into Jerusalem as a servant king, a king on a coat. Hallelujah. Bringing peace. Hallelujah. Representation of peace because he was the prince of peace. But he is coming again as a king. And when he comes again as king, he'll be riding a white stallion, victorious, conqueror, triumphant, hallelujah, an overcomer. Because he makes all things new. And when he comes again, he will remake the entire world again. Glory to God. How many know that our God is a re-God? Hallelujah. Our God remakes. Our God restores. Our God replenishes. Our God revives. Our God reaffirms. Hallelujah. Our God reconciliates. Hallelujah. Our God renews and our God resurrects too. Hallelujah. It's just to put a little sugar on top. Hallelujah. He is the God that takes ashes and turns them into beauty. He is the God whose breath split the Red Sea in half. He is the God who closes, closes the mouths of the lions. Glory to God. He is the God that took away the keys of sin and death and the grave. He is the God who said, take my yoke upon me, for, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He is the God who says, cast your cares upon me. I wonder if you know this God this morning. I wonder if you know him for yourself. Today is resurrection Sunday morning. Hallelujah. I know many will recognize the word Easter, but we're going there. Hallelujah. In a few moments. But today is resurrection Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor. Tell him, strap in. It's about to get hot in here. Hallelujah. Put your seatbelt on. It's about to go down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't be scared. 
Hallelujah. Hold on to your seats. Resurrection Sunday morning. This is the day of our freedom. This is the day we were liberated from sin. This is the day where we pass from death to life because of the glorious resurrection of Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22, it says, But now Christ is risen from the dead, and he has become the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. You know what that means? Fallen asleep means dead, just in case you didn't know. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Hallelujah. Adam sinned. We know this in the garden. And that's when death and disease and disorder came into the realm of man, into the land of the living. Our direct relationship with God was severed due to sin. But thank God that we serve a, a redo God, a God of second and third and fourth chances, a God that ain't scared to forgive sins. Hallelujah. A God that says, don't worry, I got you, boo. I got you. I can take care of this. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Glory to God. Christ came. He says, I know you can't do it. I know that you're not strong enough to do it. I know that you don't want to do it. So I'll do it for you. Hallelujah. I'll come in your place. I'll take your place. I'll walk among you as a man. And I'll live a perfect, sanctified, holy, blemish-free life. And then I'll put myself on the, on, the, on the altar of sacrifice. I'll lay myself down for you. Hallelujah. Abraham was willing, but the father stopped him. But my father ain't going to stop me. Hallelujah. I'm going to do it. Hallelujah. Fulfill the will of God. I'm going to lay it down till it's done, till the assignment is complete. Hallelujah. So that where I am, there you too may also be. Life comes through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. Uh, uh, Acts 4.12. It's very important that you learn these scriptures, nor is there salvation in any other not Buddha, not Mohammed, not anyone. No one can do this for you. There is no other way. There's no such thing as Allah. He doesn't exist. He's a phantom. There is no other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. John 14, 6. Let me tell you, one of the most powerful things that Jesus ever said. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. Hallelujah. The resurrection today, Resurrection Sunday. Why is this so important? This is the single greatest fact in the Christian faith. Without it, there is no Christianity. Everything is based on the truth of this historical fact. Without the evidence of the resurrection, nothing else fits. But with the evidence of the resurrection, everything fits. Glory to God. George Gallup, he did a poll uh, which he asked unchurched people. That means unbelievers, the heathen, the world. Unbelievers, if they themselves believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you want to know how many people said yes? 84%. That's a big number. 
Paul, the apostle, he said, if Christ has not been raised from the dead, then our preaching is useless and so is our faith. Let me tell you, saints of God, without question, the resurrection is a historical fact. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor say, it's a fact. Hallelujah. You can't argue with a fact. Glory to God. There are 15 biblical accounts of Jesus interacting with people after the resurrection. The Bible says he appeared to over 500 people and spoke with them. And to others he touched and he healed and he casted out devils. He made breakfast for the disciples on the the seashores of the Galilee. There's physical and eyewitness evidence of the resurrection. And as we read earlier, most people are not aware, but people actually came out of their graves when Jesus was crucified. When he gave up his spirit, something incredible happened. There was a great earthquake. Imagine if this whole room started to shake and all of a sudden the cemetery down the hill, people like a poop, poop, poop. Popping out of their holes. And it's not like, like you see today, the walking dead. It wasn't walking dead. They were going, Hosanna. He's alive. He's the king of kings. The alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. In him there is life. And there's no other name by which we shall be. They were praising God. And they came out whole and complete. There was another thing that took place. Hallelujah. Don't miss this. The veil in the temple was torn in two. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Prior to the resurrection, God had to speak to his people through the ark. Uh, His glory was in the ark and he spoke with the priest. They had an ephod. And only once a year, the priests were allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies. And then what happens is the sun would come through the window and it would shine on a, on a jewel. The ephod had 12 stones and each stone represented a number and a letter. And the light would shine on one stone. And the, oh, okay, A, M, E, and, and he'd write down the whole message, and he'd say, amen, hallelujah. But God spoke to his people through the ephod. And the priest was only allowed to enter into the inner court, which is the holy of holies, one time per year. And this is just some little historical fact. He used to come with a robe, and there was a whole big gown and, and a whole arraignment. But on the bottom of his robe, he had little bells. When he would walk, he'd go, ding-a-ling-a-ling, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Every time he walked, and if you if you heard this, something's wrong. If the bells aren't going, that means he walked into the holy of holies in an unworthy manner. God struck him dead, and that's when the the other priests that were not qualified to enter, they would take a shepherd's staff and throw it under the curtain, the veil, and they would hook him and pull him out. Because if they would have walked in there to get their homie, they would have been dead too. You see, God didn't share his glory with anybody. Hallelujah. God said, you need to come before me correct. Hallelujah. Because I'm holy and I'm pure. Be ye holy because I am holy. Hallelujah. And if you came in with some stank attitude. (laughs) 
you know, I don't even want to be here right now. I'm only here because I got nothing better to do. I didn't want to come to church, but today is Easter, so I got no choice. They pulled me out of bed today. Dead. That's how God dealt with people back then. Boom. But how many know that we have a Lord that loves? Hallelujah. That a God that loves his sheep. And, and his son Jesus came. And when the earth shaked, the veil went whoosh. And God said, no longer will I strike you dead. Now you don't need Mother Mary to come before my presence. Hallelujah. Now you can come directly to the throne of grace. You can pray directly without fear. Hallelujah. Come boldly before the presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Enter his courts with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. He's alive. Hallelujah. 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 Let me get back on track here. Glory to God. Graves were opened up. The Roman soldiers that saw this take place, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. Every single time Jesus shows up, hallelujah, something magnificent happens. Glory to God. When he shows up on the scenes, power and authority and dominion is released. And when he comes again, there will be an earthquake. Glory to God. And he will make the whole world brand new again. And that is a pattern of the second coming of Jesus Christ. When the graves will be open, and those of us who are alive will meet those that have gone on before us in the clouds, and so we shall be with the Lord forevermore. Let me tell you, you want to know how powerful this is too? When the resurrection happened, not only were, 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 were the, the, the people alive and the, the veil was torn in two, but guess what else split in half? Time. Time split in half. Do you know every time you write a check, you proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Every time you write something and you put the date on, you're, you're remembering the resurrection. Because that's how powerful. They literally started to calculate time around the life and death of the Son of God. B.C. A.D. That's a God that's worth talking about. Hallelujah. In the word, it says that Jesus, he came back and walked on earth for 40 days and 40 nights. He was seen by Cephas at the 12. He was seen by 500 brethren. After that, he was seen by James and the apostles. And last also, the Bible says he was seen by me. This is Paul talking. Born out of time. Let me tell you, Josephus, he's an ancient Jewish historian. He wasn't even a believer. And he wrote about the resurrection of Jesus. He wrote about the facts that Jesus did walk on the earth after the resurrection. And he did miracles that were recorded in the annals of history. It's irrefutable. It cannot be mistaken. The resurrection, it proves three things. Number one. Jesus is who he says he is. John eleven twenty five. 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Hallelujah. Number two, the resurrection proves that Jesus has the power that he claimed he had. Hallelujah. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Number three, Jesus does what he promises he will do. 
Mark 10, 34. And they will mock him and scourge him and spit on him and kill him. And the third day he will rise again. I have a couple of quotes that I just love. Franklin Graham said, We must not forget that it wasn't the Jews or the Romans that put Jesus on the cross. It was my sins, your sins, our sins that put him up there. Peter Marshall said the stone was rolled away from the door not to permit Jesus to come out, but to allow the disciples to come in. The devil, he thought that he had won a mighty victory that day. 2019 years ago, he says, I got him. I finally got him. I nailed him to the tree. He is dead, 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 and he ain't never coming back again. But he never banked on the resurrection. And you know what? From the very resurrection of Christ, even to this day, the enemy is always trying to intercept everything that God is doing. He is a counterfeit. He is a fraud. He's a cheap uh, a rendition of, 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 of even a, a person. Hallelujah. He tries to intercept everything focusing on Christ. And, and especially Resurrection Sunday. Let me ask you a question. Is it, is it possible that the Muslims have a holiday with bunny rabbits and, and furry little bunny rabbits and eggs? What about the Hindus? Do they have a, a fat Santa Claus dude with reindeers that fly and a snowman that, that comes alive and starts, you know, spreading love and cheer? How come no other religions have these kind of holidays? Why? Because they're already perverted. You don't have to pervert the perverted. It's already perverted. You don't have to distort an untruth because it's already untrue. Am I telling the truth? You, you have to pervert what is true. You have to destroy what is accurate. You have to try to defile what is, what is wholesome and holy. And this is why, yet again, another holiday perverted by the devil himself. Hosea says, my people perish for lack of understanding, for lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. So turn to your neighbor and say, here we go. Hallelujah. If you've been in this church for any period of time and you've been to our uh, morning, resurrection Sunday morning service, you know I go here every year. Hallelujah. So what I want to do is I want to give a little brief history lesson on where Easter, the term Easter, where it came from. I want you to pay close attention. I'll make it so simple even a caveman can understand it. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Number one, Easter is a pagan holiday which represents homage and worship to the goddess Samiramis, Nimrod, and their son Tammuz. Many know this because it's, a, I think it's Universal or Columbia Pictures, and they use Samiramis as their mascot, as their representative. Samiramis married Cush, and Cush is Noah's son. And they had a son named Nimrod, in other words, Noah's grandson. After the death of his father, Cush, Nimrod, this is gross, but this is true. Nimrod married his own mother, Samiramis. And they had a child, and they named that child Tammuz. 
Nimrod became known as a God-man to the people. And Semiramis at that point became a powerful queen. Nimrod was killed by an enemy and he was cut into 14 pieces. This is important. Semiramis found all the pieces except for one. And that one piece that she did not find was his male organ. Amen? That was the one piece she didn't find. All the other pieces because her plan was to put him back together and try to resurrect him like Frankenstein. So when she couldn't put him all together, she claimed that he ascended into heaven and became Baal, the sun god. And she taught that, that the, the moon was a goddess and that she went through a 28-day cycle and ovulated when full. And she further claimed that she herself came down from the moon in a giant moon egg that fell into the Euphrates River. And this was to have happened at the time of the first full moon after the spring equinox. Well, you might say, why is that important? Let me tell you, because this stuff even enters into our current culture. If you remember a few years back, this is Baal, the sun god. Remember Lady Gaga back in the Grammys. She literally had an egg made of herself and she named her album called Rebirth or Reborn or something to that effect. And she literally came into the Grammys inside of an egg. And she didn't come out of that egg until she was born again on the stage where they opened up the egg. And she came out and performed her satanic, diabolical song, whatever it was at the time. Samiramis, she became known as Ishtar, which is pronounced Easter, and her moon egg became known as Ishtar's egg. Ishtar became pregnant and claimed that it was the rays of the sun god Baal that caused her to conceive. Here we go again, trying to mimic an immaculate conception. She said that, that Nimrod came and, and impregnated her and, and she conceived. So she had a baby, and the baby's name was Tammuz, and Tammuz was very fond of rabbits, and they became sacred in the ancient religion. And what happened was Tammuz was later killed by a wild pig, and Samiramis claimed that he too also ascended into heaven, and he became Ra. So Baal and Ra, son and father, that they became two Egyptian gods. And not only that, she began to proclaim to honor the death of her son a 40-day fast. And that 40-day fast was a fast of meat. And that's where the whole thing of Lent came from, that you would not be allowed to eat meat or, or pleasant foods or whatever it is that you give up for a period of 40 days. And this is where the whole story of Easter and the Easter egg and the Easter bunny came from. It is literally a pagan holiday. The devil perverting yet another glorious day for Christians. A birth of a, of, of, from the death of evil people. Samiramis, Nimrod, and Tammuz. Now it's celebrated everywhere. The Bible says, didn't the angel say... Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. He is risen. Samiramis, Nimrod, and Tammuz, they're all dead. 
And there is no such thing as a little bunny rabbit, hallelujah, that hops around delivering eggs to good children. It just is not possible. Amen? And it drives me bananas when I see uh, oftentimes uh, uh, different churches in our own community saying, come to our Easter egg, ex- egg extravaganza with an EGG, egg extravaganza, Easter egg hunts. Even the Sound of Life radio is announcing almost every hour or two, you know, the Easter egg hunts and all these different things that are going on all over the, the county. As a matter of fact, some people have Easter egg hunts planned for the children today. Hallelujah. I'm telling the truth. Don't throw no rocks at me. Hallelujah. Don't hate on the messenger. Praise God. Let me, let me give you a little example. This is a good one. Paradigm shift. There's a story of a blind man. A blind man who enters onto a bus and a, another man that's on the bus gets up and gives him his seat. Would that be considered a good thing? Yes, right? It's an honorable thing to give a blind man his seat. But the reality is, it was a terrible thing. It was a bad thing because the guy that got up was the bus driver. (laughs) Do you see how we get duped so easily? You see, but with information... With knowledge, with understanding, we start to recognize, whoa, wait a minute. Don't you be giving up your seat, not while I'm on this bus. Right? You see, and, and, and we become wiser when we have a knowledge and an understanding of the truth. And let me tell you something. I did Easter egg hunts with my kids. My kids are here. My, my wife, my kids are here. I did Easter egg hunts with my, my mother. We did it as a kid. I did it. I celebrated Halloween. I did all that. By the way, if you want a Halloween message, come on Halloween. I got another one for you. (laughs) Hallelujah. I go in, hallelujah, because I'm telling people the truth, because the truth will set you free. All right, so I got to say this because every year people start manifesting and tripping, so I got to stop it real quick before I move on. If you have Easter egg baskets for your children, and if you have little chocolate bunnies, let the kids eat them. You're not going to hell because you gave your kid an Easter basket. Hallelujah. You decide for yourself. If the Spirit of God begins to convict you, right, to him that knows to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So if you're not convicted, then may the force be with you. Hallelujah. Amen. But if the Spirit of God says, listen, man, you know, this is the, the, the day of the risen Lord, not no, no Easter stuff, bunny rabbit. That's why I don't even call it Easter. You notice all morning we've been saying Resurrection Sunday. I don't even like to use the word Easter, but that's on me. Hallelujah. Amen. So be led by the Spirit. Amen. This is the no judgment zone. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad that's over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because he must have been talking about you, not me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Go ahead, tell them that. Hallelujah. But you shall know the truth. And when you know the truth, you're able to make better decisions because knowledge is power. And John 8.32 says the truth shall make you free. Let me tell you a little custom. My wife shared, with this, shared this with me the other day. It blew me away. There's a Jewish custom called Berikat Hamas. Berikat Hamas. And what it is, it's the search for unleavened bread. 
or excuse me, the search for leavened bread. That's what it is. The search for leavened bread. Listen to this. Each year on the first day of Passover, the Hebrew children would go through their house. And the night or, or a couple of nights before, the mother and father would take risen bread. And they would cut it in little pieces and hide it in corners and under the bed. And, and they would hide the bread all over their house. And the following day, the kids would come with a little feather and a candle and I believe it was a candle, a feather, and a spoon. And they weren't even allowed to touch the bread. So they would go around and hunt their house for leavened bread. And they would take it with the feather. And after they would scoop up with the spoon and take the bread out of that place, they're supposed to clean the place where it was. And they put it in a bag. And they go around the whole house collecting bread. And then the following day, it was a sign of spring cleaning because bread, leavened bread, represents sin. And, and did you know that Egyptians were responsible for putting the yeast in the bread? And that's what rolls up the, the, the bread. And, and so it's a symbolism of sin. And when they go around their house looking for the pieces of bread, they, they take it and they find it. And, and it's a symbol of getting rid of all of the bread in their house. And then the following morning they have the ceremony called Bior Chametz and that is when they took all the bread from within the house and they put it in a big pot and then they burn all of the, the stuff that they found as a symbolism that not only are we cleaning the house but we're getting rid of sin out of our home. It's a sign of purification. And isn't it funny how the bunny eggs and the Easter egg hunts and all that, it, it kind of merges together into like a parallel. I thought it was pretty amazing. Hallelujah. Because the Jewish children, they burned it. They destroyed it. And they want to honor God. And, and, and instead of eating the bread, they threw it into the fire to burn it. But we, we find the, the goodies and we eat it and we put it in us. Think of the parallel. Listen, everything that the enemy does is trying to mock God, but our God does all things new. And there are some tremendous parallels that I want to go through with you for a few moments. And it all started right in the very beginning in the Garden of Eden. So listen to this. From the beginning in the Garden of Eden, sin entered the world through Adam. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, Hallelujah, Jesus sweat blood and, and tears and prayed to defeat the sins of the world. In the Garden of Eden, Adam's rib was, was, was opened, his, uh, the piercing of his side, and the rib was taken out, and God made a woman and brought him to Adam when he woke up. And on the cross, Jesus, the second Adam, his side was pierced and the blood and the water spilled and the church was brought to him. The bride was brought back to Jesus Christ. A wonderful parallel. In the Garden of Eden, we were forbidden to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But in paradise, the Bible says all will be welcome to eat from the tree of life. In the garden, sin produced nakedness, and God killed the lamb and covered the sins of Adam and Eve. Hallelujah. And then Jesus came to earth as the lamb of God, and he was killed and crucified on our behalf to cover and wash the sins of man. In the garden, Adam shifted his responsibility. The woman you gave me, she's the one. She's the one that made me do it. 
That's a Father's Day message. Hallelujah. The woman you gave me, she did it. Threw her under the bus. What kind of man would do that to his old lady? Come on. Get it, get it together. One, two, three. Oh, uh, that was a weak yes. One, two, three. Yes. Men of God, we need to guide, govern, protect. Hallelujah. You don't throw your old lady under the bus. You defend her. You man up. You take responsibility. Hallelujah. Come back on Father's Day. I'll give you the whole message. Hallelujah. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus accepted responsibility and said, Not my will, but thy will be done. On the cross of Calvary, hallelujah, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And in the second coming, the glorious coming, there will be a shout, a loud voice, for the archangel of the Lord will shout with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be with the Lord always. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Everything started in the Garden of Eden and everything will end and begin again in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There I go. I'm few clicks short. Praise God. The, the city, the golden city. Amen? The golden city, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles wide. That is the size like from New York all the way to Nevada. That's how big the golden city will be. Twelve levels, all with gates of pearl. It will be beautiful, all made of gold and crystal and, and every precious stone. And only the righteous, only the redeemed will be able to enter. And Jesus will rule. It will literally come down from the heaven and land right on top of Jerusalem. And we will reign with Christ there forever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. I'm coming quickly to a close. Praise God. Why does the resurrection matter? Number one, my past sins can be forgiven. Colossians 2.14, having wiped out the handwriting of all requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. In other words, your sins today, my sins today are nailed to the cross. You can be freed from your past. Hallelujah. How many know you could make you could get a do-over today? Yeah. Hallelujah. How many like do-overs? Jesus was hung up for our hang-ups. Hallelujah. Man's way leads to a hopeless end, but God's way leads to an endless hope. Hallelujah. Jesus always forgives us, and then he says, Go and sin no more. Hallelujah. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two, the resurrection matters because your present problems can be managed. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 19 through 20, it says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. Jesus has ultimate power, authority, and all dominion. And the same resurrection power that raised him from the dead abides in the life of every single believer this morning. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
It's not positive thinking or not a creative planning or not even super talents, but it all is the power of God. We can never put a question mark where God puts a period. Hallelujah. Number three, why does the resurrection matter? Because my future, your future, can be secured this very day. He who kneels before God can stand before anyone. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. 2 Corinthians 5.8. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How many know that if you are in Christ Jesus this morning, how many know that you will see him face to face someday? You will stand before the throne room of God in the power of his holiness, of the power of his glory, in the light of his bright shining glory, and you will see him face to face. And he will say, enter into the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. But if you are not in Christ, you too will stand before the Lord in the same manner, in his shining glory, in his marvelous light. But he ain't going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. He'll say, depart from me, for I never knew you, you who practice sin and lawlessness. That will be a scary day. Revelations 21, 27. But there shall by no means enter anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm going to end with a little illustration. You know, no matter what part of the world you live in, no matter what language you speak, if you were to be invited to someone's house... And you said, let's talk about death. It would be a pretty morbid conversation. Not many people want to talk about death. We all want to talk about life. But we all understand that one day it is appointed for everyone to die. There's an interesting little uh, email that I read. There was a, a classroom and the teacher said to every student, Write a sentence on the word death. Write something about death. And I want to read a couple of the responses from some of these little second grade kids. There's a girl by the name of Gilda. She says, when you die, they put you in a box and bury you in the ground because you don't look so good. <laughs> Stephanie, she said, doctors help you so you won't die so you could pay your bill. There's wisdom in that one, I tell you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Marsha, she says, when you die, you don't have to do homework in heaven unless your teacher's there too. <laughs> Raymond, he says, a good doctor helps you so you won't die. A bad doctor sends you to heaven. See, the fact is, one day... If the Lord should tarry, we all have an appointment with death. Whether we want to talk about it or recognize it or sweep it under the rug. But one day, we're all going to have to stand before God. We're going to have to give account of our life, of the decisions we make here and now. 
Jesus, when he walked on earth, he spoke about two types of seed. An imperishable seed and a perishable seed. I ask you a question. What type of seed are you today? Jesus said, unless a seed dies, it cannot live again. What kind of seed are you? Are you abiding in him? Do you know him as Lord? Have you received the gift of his love, the sacrifice, the atonement of your sin debt? John 17, 1 through 3, Jesus spoke these words and he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. And as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life as to many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ for yourself this morning? Do you know the one who makes all things new? Do you know the risen Savior? Do you know the him? The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, he 
Hallelujah. That's my king. Hallelujah. That's our king. Hallelujah. A risen Lord and a risen Savior. Glory to God. Saints of God, would you bow your heads with me this morning? We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. You are all in our prayers. We're able to bring this radio ministry to you because of the generous support of listeners like you. If you've been blessed by today's program, please consider partnering with us with a love offering of any amount. Visit our website, specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. That's specchurch.net, or call us at 845-342-9989. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday soon. We thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you.